Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, and before we start the show, I want to mention some some friends of mine, and they are in a, a couple of Facebook groups that are are pretty badass, especially if you're a collector of professional wrestling memorabilia, uh, Hasbro figures, uh, WWE Elite figures, etc., etc. If you like wrestling collectibles, uh, I recommend a couple of groups to you. I want to recommend the first one, which is The Era, uh, mainly a Hasbro group, and Hasbro's my favorite um, series of WWE figures. I have an, a, com- a complete set and love them, but I want to mention um, Archie Mitchell, Pat Mancinetti, Dave Duncan, and all the other guys in the era. Uh, you need to join that group on Facebook. The era, fantastic giveaways, raffles, just a community of guys that love Hasbros, and uh, they are my Hasbros, bros. And also want to mention The Asylum. The Asylum, another great wrestling figure group on the interwebs some great guys there too david gold nick francis john majewski john majewski does a a free game of poker you play poker with john for free and if you win he'll give you some shit it's great it's an absolutely fantastic group both of these two groups i recommend checking them out the era the asylum Right there on Facebook, it's absolutely free to join. And um, just get in there if you like to collect wrestling action figures, uh, wrestling memorabilia. Let those guys know you want to be a part of the communities. They're great communities. They're great people. And um, I just wanted to mention them to start off the beginning of the show this week. So let's get into the meat of the show this week. We are creating dream rosters. Aaron's going to join me here shortly. We are creating dream rosters. It's any time period, anything you want to, at any any time period in professional wrestling. We're going to build a roster. 20 singles wrestlers, 5 tag teams. And, um... That's going to be great. What belts are we going to have at the beginning of our promotion? Who's going to be our first champions? So let's get that started. But again, I want to say, The Asylum, The Era, two fantastic, fantastic communities on Facebook. Not just about the figures, not just about the raffles, although those are fantastic. I enjoy them. I've gotten lots of merchandise from these great guys. Hell, I have a AFA-graded Undertaker red card Hasbro because of the Asylum. That's what I'm saying. You can get in there if you like to collect figures, and you can win some awesome stuff. So that being said, 
Let's get into this. Let's talk some dream wrestling rosters here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Let's get this party started. Hello, wrestling fans. It is time to get the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast underway. Nate and Aaron are here with you, and this week's edition is going to be a draft of a dream roster, and it's going to be amazing. We have we each got to pick 20 singles wrestlers to start our roster, and then five tag teams, meaning 30 total superstars. And I'm also going to let you know which champs that I have picked, what titles I'm going to have, and which champions are going to be my inaugural champions in this organization. And and to preface this, this would be these people at the prime of their career. Yes, because it's from any generation, you know, any era of wrestling, and they would be in their prime at this time. So I think it's going to be a great exercise in pro wrestling fantasy booking. But before then, we're going to delve into that, what is it, 1992? Yes. The 1992 PWI 500. Aaron has had me select numbers, which I do not remember, but he's going to let us know what I selected. And we're gonna You selected 20, 90, 164, and 325. Remember that. All right. All right, so number 20... Is Ron Simmons. Badass motherfucker. Yes, at this time, Ron Simmons was 6'2". He weighed 260 pounds. He had been wrestling for six years, and in 1991, he was ranked 29. So when his... They, go ahead, sorry. When they, when they would have brought this out, would he have been WCW champion by then? Uh... I'm sure if it doesn't list it in the in the in the thing in the description, probably not. No, because that, that's what I was going to say. I I just I you know it would it, it would surprise me if he was 20 and he had won the WCW championship by that point. Well, he might. He, I I don't want to say he didn't win it, but it's his blurb is a Florida State football legend is now a top contender. Um. For the WCW title, held the WCW title tag team title with Butch Reed as Bert, as Doom. His power repartee includes an incredible power slam. But this was also put out in December, and you have to remember that like PWI would be like say December's magazine was like months in advance or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, Ron Simmons, a good pull there for number 20. Always, I mean, if you, you know, you can say what you want about Ron. And I don't hear a lot of people say bad things. That's not what I'm saying. But if you can say one thing about Simmons, he is one of the best, best hands in the history of wrestling. Like, yes. I've never seen a Ron Simmons match that I didn't, you know, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've never seen a Ron Simmons match where it's like, that was terrible. It sucked ass. Even if his oppo- yeah. even if his opponent sucked, it was still a decent match. So, uh, 
I'm a Ron Simmons fan. Me as well. Um, so you also picked number 90. Mm-hmm. So let's find out who number 90 was. Number 90 is Super Invader. That would be Hercules, right? Yes. Well, maybe. Is it Hercules? Is it not Hercules? (laughs) I believe it was, because he was with Harley Race and Vader in WCW. And it's a mind-boggling thing to think, why the fuck did they put him under that mask and call him Super Invader? I know, I was being facetious. It's like, I don't understand why, in 96, WCW put the powers of pain under the mask. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't you just yeah. have the fucking powers of pain? I don't. I don't know. I don't, it's stupid. <laughs> stupid WCW. So, if this was Hercules, Bangkok, and I'm not saying it was. His blurb is: Harley Race claims this man comes from Bangkok. Wrestles with the fertility and confidence of a veteran. However, he shows martial arts in favor of brutality. He's now a WCW contender. Contender. So that super invader, as we all know, is fucking... He is fucking Hercules. Under a a hood. It doesn't make any sense at all. So then we have 164. 164. Let's see who that is. 164 is Joe Savaldi. From the IWCCW? Yes, he was a mainstay. Yes, he was. Do you remember seeing that show, like, late night on cable, like, when we were younger? Yeah. And they would always play, like, the same, I don't know, I think it was Tony Atlas or something. They would always play the same match, <laughs> like, once every two weeks. Like, it was a really weird show because they had, like, footage from from the from the early day or whatever. Like, they had some footage that they had from when they were kind of a hot promotion. But by this time, by the time we were seeing it late at night on TV, it wasn't a hot promotion. And they would have, like, two shitty, like, their guy matches or whatever. Like a Joe Savoldi match and a fucking, I don't know, whatever. And then it would be, like, there would be, like, the same Tony, like, Tony Atlas and Doink or some shit. I don't don't even know, but... They had they had like the same match. They, they'd be like, "Who's the greatest intercontinental champion?" And they'd yeah, the, have that the honky tonk shitty man promo and... between Honky Tonk Man and Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. It's fucking garbage. And then you never saw the match. The match never because actually it... happened. That yeah, was bad. <laughs> but anyway, Joe Savoldi, the son of Angelo Fuck. Savoldi. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. So now 325 is the next one that you picked. And it is Gary Albright. Should have been a contender. He was 6'3", 310 pounds. And this Montana native 
went on to become a star in Canada and Japan, competes in the Orient these days, sometimes travels to Mexico. A fine all-around athlete. So Gary, good for him. Gary Albright was a good, like, strong-style wrestler. Yeah. Um, dead now. <laughs> but I, I don't mean to be morbid. Maybe I do. But he... Um, he never made it to like the uh, he never he, he never made a splash he never made a splash in the states, but I've seen some yeah. of his, I've seen some of his stuff from Japan and he he really was a good like strong style wrestler I mean yeah um, this yeah. is kind of fun oh. in 1992 mm-hmm. guess who was at 342 3.42 in 1992. Not at his weight, obviously. But 3.42, guess who it was? Or, yeah, was. Uh, 92. Okay. You don't have to to guess. It was just, it was cool to see this name on here. And I'm probably going to post it on um, a couple of the, like, I'm not going to plug other people's podcasts or web pages or whatever, but I'm going to post other, this. Other than Breaking Kayfabe, we can totally plug that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a friend of that, and he's a friend of the mothership. Barry Horowitz? Nope. Oh. Jerry Gray. Jerry Gray. My man, Jerry Gray. 342 Jerry Gray. In 1992, he was um, 5'11", 238 pounds. He weighed, uh, He had been in the business for 12 years. The year before, he was at 325 on the PWI 500. A personable star is the current SWF champion in Florida. Started a career started a career slowly, but now is becoming a main event talent. Can brawl with even the most rugged opponent. Well, I'm going to tell you this, folks. Whether and it looks like this, it looks like his picture is him working in Japan. I'm not sure who he's working with. I don't recognize that person, but Jerry Gray. That's well, pretty gonna, cool, man. I'm going to tell our listeners something. Whether or not he was ever in the main events. As far as a main event person, Jerry Gray definitely is a main eventer. Yes, he is. Um, and a main event storyteller. And uh, I've just put it up on our uh, Facebook group today, again, for the millionth time. And Aaron just gave me the opportunity to plug it. If you have the opportunity, Jerry is battling stage four cancer. And we have the link on our Facebook group to give to his GoFundMe page. And I promise you this, that is a good cause to try to give Jerry, uh, you know, he spent all his expenses, his or all his money on his expenses, his medical expenses, and the money's running out, so any help we can give this man is uh, greatly appreciated. That really wasn't, a, it's like a setup, I just noticed that he was on there. That's fantastic. So, lucky numbers. Sure. My lucky number yep. this week is 342, right? Yes. There we go. So go, you want to pick the numbers? Go to the guy at the gas station and be like, give me, give me the Jerry Gray on the lottery ticket. Uh-huh. Uh, three, so, more, three more numbers? If you want. All right. Two or three. I'm going to go... I'll do two more. 
Okay. And I'm interested in this. So I'm going to go out here and say number one. Who was number one in the 1992 PWI 500? Well, I will get there. Who's number one and why is it Macho Man Randy Savage? Who had a great 1992, by the way. It is not Macho Man Randy Savage. <gasps> Macho Man Randy Savage is number two. In, two, in 1992, number one was Sting. Sting. He's a former two-time WCW champion and remains a top contender. More popular than ever, master of the Stinger Splash slash Scorpion Leg Lock finishing combo. Third title, sure to bet. Like, they're going to say he's going to be a third-time champion. Well, I don't agree with Bill After. As Bill After, Matt Brock, <laughs> and everybody else that wrote for the PWI, I think that should be flip flopped, and Randy Savage should have been number one in 1992. But anyway, the next number I will go with is let's go mid range. Let's go the very middle of the pack, number 250. Number 250 is. The Swedish chef? No. Oh. Tom Brandy. Tom Brandy. Salvatore Sincere. Tom he Brand- wasn't Salvatore Sincere yet. Tom Brandy's yeah. been on PWI 500s for like 30 years under 40 different names. But he's one of the top stars on the East Coast independent scene, boasts a powerful drop kick and remarkable scientific skills. Has wrestled in the AWA, CWA, and IWCCW. Was Tom Brandy also Johnny Gunn? Was yes. That, okay. I couldn't remember. Like I was like, was was that Tom Brandy? Like he had so many iterations of his character and his his. Uh, I don't know. So many so many gimmicks. I guess he really didn't have gimmicks. It was like this other than Sal Sincere, it was like it was. He was same. just a guy. He was a guy that should have been like, if you were gonna draw, if you were gonna draw a generic looking wrestler, you know, it would be that guy. To me, Tom, yeah, Tom Brandy's the same thing as Paul Roma to me. Because I, yeah, I, Paul know, Roma was better. Like, I don't know. Paul Roma's very passable to me. I know you like Roma more than I do. But Paul Roma's passable to me, but I don't hate him. And I kind of feel the same way about uh, Tom Brandy. Like, he's passable, whatever. He's kind of a generic cut, you know, cut by numbers. The only time I really liked Paul Roma is when he was in Power and Glory. Other than that, I could, whatever. I didn't, you know. I didn't even, and I like Paul Orndorff, but I didn't really even like Paul Pretty Wonderful that much. I know that just went on a tirade against a guy we didn't even mention to begin with but that was just that's kind of who the air that i put uh tom brandy in is it's with me he's right up there with uh um joey mags paul roma jim powers all right okay stopping my face well, we <laughs> sorry well that's okay because i we're gonna take a quick quick little break and who's doing their roster first? I'll do mine first. Okay. 
When we come back from our break, Aaron will pick his dream roster. 20 singles wrestlers, 5 tag teams, 30 wrestlers in total. And uh, as he's starting this promotion, who, what titles is he going to have and who is going to be his inaugural champions? And then I will do the same. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. After this little break um while we're taking this little break i wanted to pop in here and remind you about our friend barry rose and i want to remind you about the championship wrestling the cwf legends fan fest that is coming up on november 9th in lutes florida and tickets are available on eventbrite.com the featured guest for this year's fan fest is going to be the legendary barry windham barry went He wrestled in Florida, and then he was also in Jim Crockett Promotions at WCW as part of the iconic group, the Four Horsemen, as well as the U.S. Express in the original WWF expansion. Uh, Barry will be headlining the Fan Fest, signing autographs, and taking photos, and then will sit down for an intimate two-hour dinner Q&A event. Um, And not just Barry Windham will be there. Uh, There will also, you're also going to get to meet J.J. Dillon. Rocky Johnson, Dutch Mantel, Kendall Windham, Tony Gurria, and Larry Thunderbolt Hamilton. Many legends from the CWF days there, and that's just going to be a great show. Um, it's going to be CWF Legends Fan Fest 6. It is at the Marriott Residence Inn in Lutes, Florida, off the Suncoast Parkway. Uh, tickets are limited to 150 fans, which I love that Barry does that. That way, everybody gets a personalized, good experience. You know, you're not just fighting a crowd all the time. A great personalized experience at the CWF Legends Fan Fest. And again, just search for, and I want to see exactly here, search for CWF Legends Fan Fest 6 at eventbrite.com for tickets to the CWF Legends Fan Fest 6 and our friend Barry Rose. Please support this, and if you can, uh, if you're if you're able to be there, be there. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. This is the uh, the Dream Roster edition of the show, and we're going to go with Aaron's Dream Roster first. We got to pick twenty singles wrestlers and five tag teams from any era of pro wrestling. We're putting them in their prime, and we are building a roster with our inaugural champions, Aaron. What, which titles are you going to have in your your dream promotion? Well, obviously, I'm going to have a tag team title. Right. And then I will have a um, world heavyweight championship and a television championship. Okay. And, oh, were you going to ask another question? No. Okay. And I did cheat a little bit. My ring announcer is Gary Michael Capetta. Okay. Okay. And the people calling the action of these this talented roster that I have built are Jim Ross and Bobby Heenan. Hey, that's a good fucking that's a good fucking commentary team. And actually, it's funny because I didn't pick the ring announcer, but I did pick. Um, 
I did pick a commentary team, so. Okay. So, I think if you would say, oh, my ring announcer's Gary Michael Capetta, some may be like, that's interesting. And calling the action is Jim Ross and Bobby Heenan. You can't beat that. No, sir. So, I'll ask you this. And I broke it down. I have my... Ten faces, my ten heels, and then my five tag teams. Which roster do you want first? Or which section of my roster do you want first? Well, I think we're going to go with the singles wrestlers first. Well, which faction? The heels or the faces? Oh, all right. Well, see, I, the way I did mine, I did... I did my my roster like my if I was drafting my draft picks one through twenty, so we'll go for you. We'll go with your uh, faces first. All right, and I won't say they're in any particular order, mm-hmm. you know. But um, my faces include, well, not include are I should I'm speaking stupid are. My first face is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm, dig it. If you don't say that Randy Savage would be like one of the first three people that you would want on your roster in his prime, then you're a fucking idiot. Definitely somebody you want on your roster. I shouldn't say that because I don't know if you said he's on your roster or not. Oh, he's on, he's on my but if he's not one, two, or three, as somebody that if you could pull, if you could pull anybody, you don't know what you're talking about. Because that guy can do it. That guy can do anything. He anything. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he could be a face. He could be a heel. He could be. I mean, you talk about commentators. He could, you know, at the at the you know when you get yeah. him down, you get him down to the end of his his run or whatever. He could step into the booth and then come back to wrestling, just like he did in his prime. Savage, you're right. Savage is one of those guys that and, could do anything. And as I've said, as I've gotten older, like when I was a kid, you know this. Ric Flair was my favorite wrestler, but the older I've gotten and the more I've watched things and everything like that, as I've become a grown-up, Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I think we've both said that. I mean, it's 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 kind of unanimous. So apparently, the uh, the Maxon family is a Randy Savage family because I've yeah. kind of I've kind of you know as time has gone on, yeah, I've kind of picked Randy as as my guy. Like, just there there's nothing that I can say negative about the man. You know, as a performer, just yep. So, he's my number one face, and I'll say, like, okay, when I, we'll do this. The person I say first is the face is Randy Savage, so he's my number one face, mm-hmm. okay? And all these guys, if I'm booking this show and booking this roster, they could all flip-flop throughout the time. So, when we get into the heels, the first heel that I say would be my number one heel, and then it would be the same thing that through storylines and all that shit, then they'd flip flop and same with the tag teams. So right. now we'll go down my face list. Randy Savage is my guy. He's he's the face of my company. All right. Mm-hmm. 
So now we got these nine guys that are that are underneath him as faces, and it would be Steve Austin. Okay. You got anything a, to say a, about him? A, a great pick. And I'm going to be honest, and it's going to sound crazy, Steve Austin was not on my roster. And that is not a knock on Steve Austin. Um, but as a babyface, it's hard to argue. You know what I mean? And and again, he's just like Savage. Austin is a guy that can be a heel and be a face. Yep. He's a versatile performer. He's a guy like I. You know, you like to, I, what I like to say is he's a multi-tool. You know what I mean? Like you can use yep. you can use you can use Austin in a face role, heel role, tag team role, singles role. Oh, I'd, I'd have Steve stunning all these motherfuckers. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, if, like, like if you, he if wouldn't you, be... if you needed if you needed to cool him off on the roster for a little bit to make to make room at the top, you could put him in a tag team. You know, that's yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. Like Steve, Steve was definitely a, a multi tool in wrestling, and would be somebody that uh, would be an asset to any wrestling roster. All right, the next guy on my list is Dusty Rhodes. Dustin Rose, baby. You need a promo? <laughs> Put Dusty Rhodes on. For, you know, they used to have, you know, in the early 2000s and the late 90s, you had your your long-ass beginning of the show 15-minute promo segment. Who are you going to throw in that? Dusty Rhodes. Like, yeah. you know, everybody knows that listens to the show. He's my favorite promo in history. And, I mean, just to ca- capture the imagination of your fans, to capture the imagination of the nation, baby. The American dream. Was he on your show? Yes. And then the next person is Dustin Rhodes. Also on my list. On my list because... Now, do you have him as Gold Dust, or you have him as Dustin Rhodes? I have him as Dustin Rhodes. Okay. Um, and I would definitely use him as a babyface. I think I think Dustin is is he's gonna he's gonna have the best match on any show you got. And again, I and I have. To and say, I should say best match. Sorry, like if I'm building a roster. He's going to have the best, like if you're building a show, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to preface this with like, we're using guys in their prime as a show that you would put on TV now, because it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but what AEW and WWE do now is what you put on as a wrestling show on TV now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have a, you have a very like, like a very formulatic. I can't speak the word. I can't say the word, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's a very basic thing that you do on TV. So in the middle of your show, if your show's two hours, at like the forty-five minute mark, you're going to have a match. If it's going to go twenty minutes, and it might have two commercial breaks, you want a guy like Dustin Rhodes in there. Yes, and that, what I was going to say, what I was going to say on when I talk about it, which means when we get to mine, we'll just 
we can skip over the conversation point, but with Dusty and Dustin, and this goes for Dustin as Goldust, to me, the Rhodes, both of those guys, you have to use them as baby faces because I personally, and this, again, I'm just perceiving what I perceive. That's all I can do. Dusty and Dustin Rhodes, to me, were never unlikable. Yeah, like I never liked it when WCW, like in, 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 in like late '99, early 2000, or whatever, tried to use Dustin as a heel. For some reason, Rhodes to me are just baby faces. I don't know why. Just they don't they don't when they're when they're heels they don't click with me. So I would definitely use them as as baby faces on my roster. And on like 1992, 1993. Uh, 92 through 94, Dustin Rhodes. He's a 20-minute in-the-middle-of-the-match guy. Or in-the-middle-of-the-card guy. That's just, no matter who you put him in there with, he's going to rip shit up. You know what I mean? Yes, and just to mention, um, because we're talking about that, I have to say, I think Dustin Rhodes is an anomaly in wrestling in that he is one of those guys, to me, that has two primes. Oh, he got better as he got older. Well, no, he actually, he was really, really good, like you were saying, in the, like, say, example, the Steve Austin feud in WCW in the early 90s. And then he got the Gold Dust character, and that was entertaining. But to be perfectly honest, until maybe, what, like 2013, he was, he was because, because of his addictions and because of his problems, he was kind of sloppy. And, yeah. and it wasn't what he was. So that's why I'm saying it's an, and it's a compliment. I think since 2013 to now, he, he's one of those guys like Shawn Michaels who had an oppor- – he had two primes. Like he's he's an anomaly yeah. in wrestling. You know, you can say he was great in the early 90s and he was great in the mid-2000s or the mid-2010s. You know, it's crazy. But yeah. – and that speaks to what a great performer he is when he's straight. And he's straight when he's not playing Gold Dust. <laughs> hey, when he's Gold Dust, he's he's um, what was it? Androgynous. androgynous. That can be anything. That was a silly joke. <laughs> the next guy on my list, you ready? Mm-hmm. Is and like I said, I'm speaking as maybe not, you know. I would just put this guy on any roster that I would ever want, okay? And it's John Cena. Okay, Cena. If you're building a roster of professional wrestlers, of you can have any guy you want at any, like, fucking point of his career, why would you not want John Cena on your roster? Consistent. Reliable. Um, and... Marketable, yeah, a marketable. He looks yes. like a goddamn wrestler. Yeah, he's a fucking like genetic freak. Mm-hmm. John Cena would get would I shouldn't say would gets injuries that they say if you get this injury you're out for seven months and like John Cena's back in like three days. <laughs> he's like, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a beast. 
and people can say what they want to say about him, but when he's in there with the right guy at the right time, he's fucking phenomenal. Yes. Seen as one of those those guys. I've seen some bad John Cena matches, some bad John Cena matches, but I've seen a lot of fantastic John Cena matches. You know, people can say what they want, and I was about to say that. People can say what they want about modern wrestling, and when they talk about modern wrestling, they talk about from like the end of WCW, you know, WrestleMania 17 or 18, then the decline or what have you. So I'm just going to put that period into perspective. I promise you this, in the modern era of wrestling, one of the best matches you will ever see is John Cena and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23. You know what I mean? Like, that dude, yeah. that dude fucking hung with Shawn Michaels. And he hung with Shawn Michaels in an Iron Man match. Or in a 60-minute match, or whatever the fuck it was. I'm just saying. On Raw? Yes, in the London Raw, that they had the 60-minute the match. But I, I, I also agree with you that I don't, I think that a lot of the hate Cena gets is unfounded and bullshit. And I and that's coming from a guy that and Aaron knows this when he started, when he first came out there, I didn't like John Cena. John Cena converted me into a fan of John Cena. He worked his fucking ass off and made me a fan. Look at the look at the fucking matches he had with like Edge. Oh yeah. And and um Umaga like the John Cena Umaga last man standing match is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He had good matches with Triple H. Like he, he's the fucking man. I'm, I mean, not you know what I mean. Not the man, yeah. but he's oh, yeah, I know. he's he's in that echelon of. I would put him in the same category that you would put. Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Steve Austin, and and Shawn Michaels. Yes. Deserves to be the top guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if we... If my promotion that I'm booking right now needs to have a poster child... And, or not poster child, but somebody to go out there and, and like go on Regis and Kathy Lee. Am I going to send fucking Steve Austin or Macho Man? No, I'll send John Cena. Right. Because he's going to fucking play right into that shit and he's going to do a good goddamn job at it. So anybody that wouldn't say that they want John Cena on their roster is a liar and they don't know what they're talking about. Absolutely. So, the next face that I have on my list is Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is a fantastic pick. And... Okay. He's, he's not a heel on my roster. No! Eddie Guerrero... Because he's, he's even cheeky. He, well, even when Eddie's a heel, he's not a heel. Yeah, he's cheeky you know? fun. Mm-hmm. He's a wink and a nod of, hey, 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 you know, we got this guy, you know. And 
Well, I'll just say this. Eddie Guerrero is on my list, but I actually didn't pick him as a singles. I picked him in the tag team. So we'll save that for later. And we'll talk about okay. him we'll talk about him as a singles here. Um, but yeah. Eddie Guerrero, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, one of the greats of all time. And if you don't have Eddie Guerrero on your roster, if you're picking a dream roster, you're failing right from the get go as a promoter. Because like, that guy, again, Eddie. he's like Randy Savage. I would put Eddie Guerrero there with, like we just talked about Cena being with Hogan, Rock, Flair. I would put Eddie with with Randy Savage in that he's that guy on your roster that can do anything. He can, yeah. he can be a face. He can be a heel. He can be, you know what I mean? He's he's he's, he's a multi-tool in wrestling. He's and And I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. When I watch Eddie Guerrero on my screen, I smile. Yeah. And that's enough for me. And he could he could do whatever you want him to do. Absolutely. Fantastic. The next guy on my list is and I have him on my list because he's a he he might not be the greatest talker in the world. He might not be the biggest superstar in the world. And this guy might not, you know, bring you ratings, but he's going to get anybody, anybody that I bring up later and before over in the ring. And it's Tito Santana. Tito Santana. You got to have a Tito Santana on your roster. Yes, you do. I have a Tito on my roster, but it's not Tito. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, I mean, and I considered him for that spot, and I put somebody else in it. But I absolutely agree with you. Tito Santana was – why did Vince McMahon pick Tito Santana to be the first guy to have a match at WrestleMania? To get people up off their ass. Absolutely. You need, and, and again, I'm going to say, when I, when we get to my roster, I'll classify this guy. We'll, we'll just use this as a terminology. I'm going to classify this guy as a Tito Santana. But you need a Tito Santana-type wrestler on your roster. Um, you're you're going to be bringing in new people. You know what I mean? You're going to be trying to elevate new people. This is the guy that is the gateway. This is the guy that's the key master, you know, to get into that to bring that person up and to have matches with them on the, on the loop and show them what to do to be successful. And he's good enough to be where if say you have a, like I said, like an Eddie Guerrero where say you have an Eddie Guerrero and he's your TV champion. And for some reason he gets hurt, you know, for a four week span, you could put the TV title on a Tito Santana, and people aren't gonna shit on it. Right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he'll get people over for you, or he can be a placeholder. Right. And people aren't gonna say, "Oh, that guy, that guy couldn't be the T. That guy couldn't be the." TV champion. That guy couldn't beat that guy on TV. It's like, no, he's been good enough and, and, and you he's know, you know well-rounded enough you know that he funny. can't. You know, it's funny. 
Uh, and just running. This this guy's not on my list. Like he's not one of my picks. But as we were talking about that, you know who was another guy that could fill that spot? Like you know who another guy I would call a Tito Santana is? Sean Morley. Yeah. You know Sean Morley was a Tito Santana. Like he was. I I don't I've never seen a Val Venus slash Sean Morley match that I was like, Ugh, God, that was fucking terrible. You know what I mean? Like he always put on a good match. He always gave a hundred percent. He always made his opponent look good. Um, I didn't put him like I said. I didn't put him on my list uh, in that spot. But the, as we were talking about that, his name just popped in my head. So I just wanted to mention that. All right. So we'll do my. Three next faces, and then I need to take a break. Very Is well. that cool? Very well. Okay. The next person on my list is um, Ricky Steamboat. Another fantastic performer. Can't disagree with that one. The only thing I can ever critique about Steamboat is promos. But, I mean, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, get the guy in the ring and I don't give a shit about his promo. Like, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's his plus. Is I don't care if he cut a good promo because when he gets in the ring, I'm going to be convinced. And that would be the guy that I would put on after or before the match... Like, if I'm booking, like, a house show, mm-hmm. that would be the guy that I would put on before or after, like, Tito Santana goes out there and has a match. You know? Right. Like, <clears throat> we're going to go into our, our main event, so right before the main event, or, like, not right before the main event, but I put Ricky Steamboat out there, and Ricky Steamboat has this fucking phenomenal match, Okay. And now Tito's going to go out there, and he's going to have a really good match. And then I'm going to go to my main event. And Ricky Steamboat would be my working top star. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Anything else on Ricky Steamboat? No. Okay, and then the next guy, and he is the only guy that I picked the era of what I want, the era of what I wanted, because he's the only guy that I've talked about so far that's changed dramatically, or had changed dramatically through his career. Okay. And it's Scott Steiner. I want 1989-1993 Scott Steiner on my roster. You want young Scott Steiner. I want young brown mullet Scott Steiner on my roster. Um. He's big. He's a bruiser. He's what chicks would consider good looking. He he works slick. He's got a fucking great finisher. He can work with any of the baby faces that I just talked about. 
and get a rub from them, and he'd be fantastic. On any the nineties, Scott Steiner would be fantastic on any roster you would put him on. To anybody listening to the show that has not checked it out enough, or, or is a younger fan, or what have you, I recommend you go check out. Like Aaron said, from like nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety two ish, Scott Steiner, and you will see the 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 definition of the word potential in professional wrestling. So I'm saying, and and like I said, you could put him on any spot in that roster, tag him with any of those guys, he'll get a rub and. Say you have a Randy Savage or a John Cena as, or as, as your champ, and they fucking jack their knee up, and they're going to be out for a couple months. You can put the belt on that guy, you know, mm-hmm. and and he'll have two or three good pay per views. And if he loses the belt, it's it's not the end of him. And and he can you can shuffle them back in there. He'd be like he'd be like how I said with Dustin Rhodes. You need a couple of those guys, you know. Yes. Where you can put the belt on them, and if they do good, then that's cool. And until the other guy comes back, until your big face comes back, like a Randy Savage or Steve Austin. You can put that belt on that guy, shine him up nice. He looks good for a couple months. Then a Steve Austin or Randy Savage comes back. He loses it, and he can get right back into the fucking shuffle, and it's not going to be the end of the world if he doesn't have the belt anymore. Mm -hmm. And people will still buy him as being a viable contender. And the last... Huh? No disagreement. All right. And the last baby face on my list before we take our break is, drum roll please, Rey Mysterio. And he was also on my list. Um, I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to have Rey Mysterio on your roster? You know what I mean? Like, Rey Mysterio Mysterio can play any role. He can play the top guy role in a... There's only one role Rey Mysterio can't play. A heel? Yes. Yeah. He can play the top guy role in a lighter weight division. He can play the top guy role in a heavyweight division as an underdog champion. He can play um, the the sympathetic role. He can play the you ripped my mask off aggressive role. Rey Mysterio is, again, like Guerrero or Savage, he's a multi-tool. The only thing he can't do, like you said, the only things he can't do is he can't be a heel and he can't be a bully. Yeah. But other than that, Rey Mysterio fits, he, he fits in every box. And, and he can be in any part of your show, whether it's the lower card, the mid card, the, the main event. It doesn't matter. He's one of the best of all time, and he can fill any role you need him to fill. Yep. And that, 
was everything I was going to say about him on mine, so I don't know if you have more yeah. to add. No, it was the same stuff. Like, <coughs> you got, he, like as I'm building my show and as I'm building my roster, if I'm putting matches on TV and I'll go through the heels here after the break, he'd be the guy that... As I'm putting on this show, whether it's a singles match or, like, say I put a top face with him versus two top heels, he's the guy that's getting the shit kicked out of him right. as he's trying to, like, you know, get get the hot tag. And then he's going to hit, like, a big, like, springboard leg drop and then pop over and get the hot tag tag in the bigger baby face, you know, mm-hmm. like he's going to, he's going to get the hot tag to John Cena and John Cena is going to come in there and clean it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's my sympathetic. You need a sympath, at least one. And you shouldn't have more than one. In my opinion, you need a sympathetic baby face. Somebody that can get the shit kicked out of him on a nightly basis but not be perceived as, as a, being as a loser as a loser yeah and that's what Rey Mysterio is he is the sympathetic little baby face that can get the shit kicked out of him but people won't perceive him as a loser cause he's that fucking good cause he's that goddamn good and then once his big buddy gets in there He'll come back later and and nail you with a couple drop kicks and a six one nine and a West Coast pop and fuck you on my pinya. Yes. All right. Well, there is your babyface roster. And uh, as Aaron said, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with his. You want my heels or tag teams next? Heels. Okay. Aaron's heels are next. On the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, Fantasy Roster Edition. through Aaron's roster here. He's going to do his uh, heel half of the singles roster here in just a second. But Aaron, I have to uh, say that while we were taking our break, I read some terrible news. What? John Witherspoon passed away at 77. If you don't know who John Witherspoon is, he was a funny motherfucker. And if you if you don't if you've never seen the movie Friday, you're stupid. Secondly, he played the dad. He played Ice Cube's dad in Friday. It's terrible, man. Yeah. Uh, he also did the voice of uh, Granddad on the Boondocks. He was in the Wayans Brothers. Uh, but a very funny guy. Thirty-five, forty-five minutes. <laughs> Good shit. Yes, but uh, R.I.P. He also has. He also has. It's not funny, 
but he has one of the best, like, and it's in it's it's on Friday, but he has one of the best. And you're, it, I'm huh? sorry, how'd you get fired on your day off? No, I, I'm not saying that. It's not it's not a funny thing that he has, and I, I'm not a dad, and I never want to be a dad. But you're a dad, mm-hmm. you know. He has on Friday one of the best like moments that you could say like a dad and a son could have where he finds um Ice Cube's gun mm-hmm. and he says, you know, you you can you you can't get up like you can't live to fight another day if you have this gun right and you get shot by it but if you have these and he and he shows ice cube its fists you know mm-hmm. you can live to fight another day if you just scrap right you know and and like people talk about Friday as a funny movie, and it is a funny movie, but that's kind of a powerful scene in that movie. If you actually sit back and look at all the like get past all the humor and the goofy shit that happens in that movie, it is very poignant. That's a that that's a dad and a son bonding at that moment, mm-hmm. and that's the scene in that movie where Ice Cube's like, you know what? I'm not going to shoot this guy. I'm going to stand up with this bully, and I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. I don't need to shoot him. I'll just punch him in his fucking mouth. <laughs> and shut this guy up. Rest because... in peace, John Witherspoon. Okay. Sorry if I got, like, too deep or stupid with that. No, but I, that I, that's I, that was no, always I, a cool I, scene. I, yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. All and right. on that note... On that note, let's talk some heels. My top heels, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is also on my roster. And how can you not have fucking Ric Flair on your roster? And I would also cast him as a heel. Because, again, just like I said with the Rhodes family, although people have a, a, a deep respect and, and endearment for Ric Flair in their heart, if you're going to use Ric Flair... And you're going to use him to make money. You've got to use him as a heel. And he's my top heel. In my company. He might not always have the belt. But he's my top heel. Like he's. You're not going to see him. You're not going to see him every single week. Wrestling on my show. And you might not even see him live in studio. Every week on my show. You're gonna see him, but he might be on his yacht. He might he's gonna be telling you why he's the best the best. But Ric Flair's my top heel. So then all these other guys, they're underneath the nature boy. So do you have anything else on Rick? No. Alright. The next guy, and like I said, these are how I said the faces where they're all interchangeable on where they are at different times on my show. The next person on my list is Kurt Hennig. Kurt 
Kerr Hennig is um, Kerr Hennig is is in my top five favorite professional wrestlers of all time, and I I mean and, and I agree with you. I would use him as a heel. I mean he was That's, you know he, he, Mr. Perfect. He, He's the Eddie Guerrero flip side of my heels. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, he's the Eddie... Like, if Eddie Guerrero is my face that can do whatever I need him to do, Kurt Hennig's my heel that can do whatever I need him to do. Have a good match with anybody. If you need him to win... He can get a strong win. If you need him to lose, he can be a strong loser and lose nothing as far as his heat goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree with that pick. The next guy is Ravishing Rick Rude. Do you have... Okay. Do I have a favorite Rick Rude? No. No. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I think we agree on Rude because as a WWF, as more of a WWF fan than an NWA slash WCW fan, Rude is one of the guys that I that I agree was better in WCW. So I, I assume you're picking the WCW heel Rude from the early 90s. Yeah. Kind of the... He's still the, the ra- crew- he's still ravishing Rick Rude, but he's more he's of a, he's crew- more of a badass crew cut Rick Rude that isn't like chiseled, mm-hmm. you know, like he had, like where he has absolutely no waste. He doesn't wax I'm his talk- hair off of his body. Yeah, I'm talking like Rick Rude, where he was like <clears throat> a bruiser. The- yeah. That's the Rick Rude that I would have on my roster, and that's the Rick Rude that I would have kicking the shit out of, like, the Tito Santana of my roster, or, you know know what I mean? Yeah. To where eventually he's kicking the shit out of Tito Santana on my roster, and he's like, I'm ravishing Rick Rude, I'm the toughest motherfucker out here, or whatever, and then eventually the, the... the glass will shatter and Steve Austin comes out there and then we bust into like a Rick Rude, Steve Austin feud. That's funny because I was, when you were building up to that, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, like that's the Rick Rude that I would run on my roster. And that's one of the biggest, to me, that's one of the biggest regrets in wrestling history is that he died before he got to make that return to the WWF. Yeah. Because you know that's who he would have feuded with. And to think of yeah. the possibilities of a Stone Cold, Ravishing Rick Rude feud is fucking amazing. It would have been good stuff. Mm-hmm. Ready for my next guy? I am. It's Terry Funk. Oh. And you got Dusty on your roster. And you gotta have him feud with that egg-sucking dog. Yeah, Terry. I'd Fun- have that, but I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, it's fine. Uh, you know how I'm we- thinking about it in my head. You know what I'm thinking about, honestly. Hmm. 
I'm thinking about a who is who was my number one babyface? Randy Savage. Funkin' Savage, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a Funkin' Savage. I'm thinking about a SummerSlam-ish type paper. Maybe not WrestleMania, big time pay-per-view. But I'm thinking of like a middle of the year, let it go, like four or five month feud between in his prime Terry Funk and in his prime Randy Savage. Fuck off. That would be amazing. (laughs) And you know, it's you funny, know, to go back to Savage, we had that conversation a little bit ago, and we've talked about it on like previous episodes, about how both of us have, as time goes, has gone on, uh, you know, you going through Flair, or who have you, and me going through Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, or who have I, and how we have come to this conclusion as, as we've grown older and, and watched the shit over and over and over again. How Randy Savage is our favorite wrestler. And as as time has gone on... one of I've the, always been very fun. Well, I know, I know. And, and I have too, but as time has gone on, and I've watched it over and over again. And I've watched more wrestling, and I've absorbed modern wrestling, and I've absorbed what I watched as a child and etc. etc. Funk moves up more and more on my promo list too. Like his promos are so real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no uh, there uh, I don't want to say there's no theatrics. That's not the word I'm looking for, but there's no I'm trying to make this feel bigger than it is because it just is with Terry Funk. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Imagine the the four month or three or uh, the four or six month build you could get to like a middle of the year pay per view between Randy Savage and Terry Funk. Even if they didn't touch each other, if all they did was talk, and I would pick eighty nine Terry Funk. All right, I agree with that. And, and, or if you, maybe 89 Terry Funk, or maybe like, um, I don't remember the year, so, uh, fucking to me, kill me, to me or whatever. To me, but, but even like, even like, um, Memphis. Empty arena, Terry Funk, where he's pouring motor oil over himself and all that shit. Like any era, Terry Funk, any era, Terry Funk, any era, Terry Funk's amazing. And any airy Terra Funk is amazing too. Yeah. <laughs> any era of Terry Funk versus Randy Savage is fucking money. Yep. And I think it's a shame that it never happened in reality. So if I'm booking and I can take two people from any time and put them together in a feud, I would do that. Big business. The next guy, unless you have anything else about that, Mm -mm. 
is the Honky Tonk Man. He's in my company. He's a heat seeker. He's a heat seeker, and he's goofy as fuck. <laughs> I need a goofy fucker on my roster. I haven't had a goofy fucker yet. I need him. Um, and when I say goofy fucker, I don't mean that in, like, a negative term. Oh, I know. I know. It's, you're right, though. It's, it, you know, he's the, he's the gimmick that stands out. Yeah, and he's the guy that, you know, you got the Terry Funks, and you got the, the Rick Rudes, and this, that, and the other thing, and you need that guy that's gonna be able to go out there and still put out a believable match but have a silly gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, every once in a while, Tito Santana needs somebody to beat. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Anything else on the Hulky Talk Man? No, sir. All right, the next guy on my list is um, Barry Windham. You want a good hand on your roster, and you already have Tito on the face side. Barry fills that side, or fills that role perfectly on the heel side. And that is why I picked him. He's gonna, he's gonna go out there and. I would make him my secondary champion any day of the week. And if I have a heel champion and my heel champion would be like a Ric Flair and he would get hurt and I need somebody to replace him, it would be a, like somebody like a Barry Windham. If you talk 1985, and I know he wasn't a heel the whole time, but I'm just saying, for the quality of matches... You talk 1985 to 1988, Barry Windham belongs on any roster. Yeah. That guy was... I don't like to say this because I don't like to disparage people because through his whole career, obviously, I was never a pro- I've never been a professional wrestler. I'm a fucking five foot six chubby white guy. I can't... I can't call any wrestler a bad wrestler that's why this show's called the we can't wrestle podcast but so when i say this i'm not saying it disparagingly but barry windham from 85 to 88 before he got chubby before he what what before he what i don't even know what the word is but he was one of the best wrestlers in the world in the world. He was one of the best wrestlers in the world when he got chubby. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, before he kind of mm-hmm. got caught up in family drama and demons and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Barry Windham was, uh, to be honest with you folks, if you have not, if, you, if, if you're younger and you haven't seen it, Barry Windham could have very possibly been the next Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Like he was that yeah. fucking good. He was that good. He could have he could have been Hulk Hogan Japan. Like he could have been Hulk Hogan with the marketability and fucking wrestle like a motherfucker. Yeah. So anyway, yes, Barry Windham, good pick. 
All right. The next guy on my list is Shawn Michaels. Obviously, also on my list. What Shawn Michaels is on your list? Um, 1992 to 1995. That's the Shawn Michaels. Well, uh, it's kind of the Shawn Michaels on my list. The Shawn Michaels on my list was the 92 to 94. The short, chubby. I'll go go more into that when we get to mine. Okay. That's the Shawn Michaels on my list is the short, like, Fuzzy Jess, chubby one. Mm-hmm. You know cocky, what I mean? Cocky as fuck. Yeah. That's the Shawn Michaels on my list. And we'll let you talk about him more. Yeah, I'll go I'll go a little more into depth with him on mine. And that's why I'm leaving it. I'll let you go. Um uh the next guy on my list would be Eddie Gilbert. Kind of okay. I have this I, is what, I have this one. Is, no, I have I have a couple out of the blue like pull them in picks too on mine, and that's what I kind of see him on yours. I can see it though. What Eddie Gilbert is on my list, honestly, is the guy that is the semi wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like if you would take any of the heels that I put on my list. He would be the he would be the guy that would be with them, but not necessarily wrestling every week. Mm-hmm. Like so, say you take um, like Rick Rude and Barry Windham, and you put them together as a team. Okay, they're Barry's tall. He's a badass. Then you got Rick Rude and he's chiseled and this, that, and the other thing. And then you got Eddie Gilbert and he's in the middle of them and he's kind of their um, manager partner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they get into some shit with like two other wrestlers for two weeks. And it comes down to if Barry Windham and Rick Rude lose to. Face A and face B, and they get five minutes alone. Yeah, like they they lose to like Steamboat and Dustin beat them, then Dustin gets five minutes with Eddie Gilbert. Mm -hmm. That's Eddie Gilbert to me. And I have a guy on my roster like that too, and I'll I'll get to him when we get to him. Okay, and and. And it would it wouldn't be unbelievable if, like Eddie Gilbert's getting ready to go into that, so you see like two or three matches leading into it where he's beating jobbers on TV because he's still a fucking wrestler. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's why Eddie Gilbert's on my roster. Perfect. And he's a hell of a fucking talker. Mm-hmm. That's why. And then the second to last guy on my roster is Rowdy Roddy Piper. You talk about a good heel. Who is my, in 
personal opinion, he is in my top three favorite wrestlers of all time, and that's why he's on my roster. And Piper is, Piper serves, and I'm not, I'm not discrediting in wrestling because that's you know amazing. He also serves something that an Eddie Gilbert serves too in a different way. Because you can have Piper not only be a wrestler, but you can have Piper do that Piper's pit. Yep. To get to get uh, main event or up and coming baby faces over, you know, or to put over your up and coming or main event heels. Like Piper serves, he's a, he he serves many masters in a wrestling promotion. And like I said, we were doing this shit where we were saying, not shit, you know what I mean? Like, we were saying, you're going to go back in time, you're going to bring anybody back, Mm -hmm. you're going to build a roster of your dream people. Roddy Piper is my, he's in my three favorite wrestlers of all time. My three favorite wrestlers of all time. And you can... Mitch, mix and match them however you want to go is Randy Savage, Ric Flair, and Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Roddy Piper. Oh, you're from Columbus, Ohio. He's hands down one of my three favorite wrestlers of all time. And I'll go on record anytime somebody asks me who are your favorite wrestlers of all time, it's Ric Flair. Randy Savage and Roddy Piper. I fucking love Roddy Piper. One of my favorite things I ever saw was when he interviewed himself. That's fun. <laughs> it's like, on the cat's ass. It's, it's great. Two times. Two, two times. Time. Yeah, and, and like, like, who else? Who else? Can you say, and you can't even say Steve Austin because that shit, it wasn't scripted, but it was allowed. Okay? Who else can you say legitimately fucked with Vince McMahon on TV? Austin and Hogan. It was allowed. Right. Like, they they knew going out there that Steve Austin was going to stun Vince or he was going to shoot him with beer or he was going to do this. And it was cool. But on live television, who else could go out there and just fuck with Vince McMahon? Ventura. Yeah. But other than that, no, you're right. You're right. That's because Ventura and Piper didn't give a fuck. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that guy. They had their own money. And then I have one more guy. My top, my last heel is Bret Hart. Bret Hart is on my list as well. But I'm using, I'm using Bret as a face. But go ahead. Heel Bret's better. He is. <clears throat> but when you hear my roster, you'll understand why I'm using his but okay. uh, Brett Brett's heel run is as I have discussed, uh, especially in our best heels 
episode of the show is possibly the greatest heel run, my favorite heel run in wrestling history. Like, I I like Brett, and, and Aaron loves Ric Flair, and I do too, but I like Brett, like I rank, I, I rank Brett heel over Flair heel, but that's just me, you know. So I can totally see why you would put him on your heel roster, because Brett was the ultimate... Okay, Bret Hart, <laughs> tell me if you disagree with me, Bret Hart had the perfect heel face. Yeah, he was Like, he smug. had the perfect heel, like, aura, you know, like, he was so, yeah, like, he was so smug. Like, you just want to smack him across his fucking face. <laughs> yeah. So good. I can't, I I absolutely can't disagree, even though, like I said, I'm going to use him as a babyface on my roster to begin with, to start out anyway. I, I cannot in any way di- disagree with, with that. All right, and then my five tag teams, and we can blow through these if you want to. Okay. I know you said you didn't want to record too long tonight. My tag teams are... The British Bulldogs. Okay. And they are on my list. The Rock and Roll Express. They are on my list. <laughs> Demolition. They are on my list. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Alright. And the Quebecers. I almost put the Quebecers on my list. The almost. Quebecers are on my list for the same reason that Honky Tonk Man was on my list. Get under your skin. Yeah, they can be goofy, they can be silly, they can get under your skin, but they can also work. So if you have a reason that you have a heel tag team and they get hurt, you can put the belts on them for a couple weeks, get them over, and then allow the face team to beat them. Right. And that's why they're on my list. Okay. So... Do you need my champions? A good tag team division there. Do you want to discuss any of the other teams? Or do we get to them? Because we had a lot of the same tag teams. Well, we don't need to discuss the teams then. I was just saying, do you have my champs? I do. Who is your your world, your inaugural world heavyweight champion in the Aaron's Wrestling Federation? If I was going to do a tournament, which I would do for my heavyweight championship, at the end of it, it would be Bret Hart. As a heel. As a heel. Because he would talk down every single person on that show. Mm-hmm. Like, he wouldn't be like, oh, I have an allegiance with this person. He would say, oh, you know, fuck you, Dusty Rhodes. Right. Fuck you, Ric Flair. Fuck you, uh, whoever. Because like, it, doesn't, like because he would it be, doesn't matter because I'm the best there is, the best there was. I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Fuck all of you. You know? And, and, then, then, and then he's going to have six months to a year of great matches. Yeah, with all those guys. And then my television, my inaugural television champion would be Ricky Steamboat. A good pick for that title, because that'd be a wrestling title. 
Yes. And then my tag team champions would be the British Bulldogs. And who's chasing them? As who's heels. chasing them? Yes. Because I'm assuming you're using the Bulldogs as faces. Well, you're going to assume wrong. Because what's going to happen is Brett is going to start talking a bunch of shit to somebody, to everybody, and then Steve Austin is going to come out and attack him, and then guess what's going to happen? His brother-in-laws are going to be like, we can't just watch our brother and brother-in-law get beat up. <laughs> and they're going to come out and they're going to help Brett. And then you turn Brett and the British Bulldogs into a faction. And they have the world title and the tag team titles. And they're a tweener, like not a heel group, not a face group. They're a out for themselves group. And you can have any of those teams chase the British Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. All right. I got thoughts. <laughs> okay, so I did not break my roster down by heel face. I'll go through that as we go through it, but it's time to get to uh, the most amazing uh, wrestling roster ever. I was I was hoping that would trigger you to be like, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck well, off, no, fuck off you upstairs. Know. You're right. I'll let you know if you're right, and I'll tell you if that person's a heel or a face, in my opinion. Okay, so... You you can be Triple H, and I'll be Vince McMahon. Oh. <laughs> so you're going to be- you're gonna book the bad finishes, or...? Maybe. I mean, if we're talking... I guess, if we're, if we're talking in, in your prime. So anyway, so now we get to my roster... And um, as as we go through, it'll be a little shorter because we'll knock off the people that they aren't talked about unless I have something specific to talk about them. But my first my first draft pick, if I'm picking my first roster, is actually someone you did not have on your roster, which is crazy. And he is actually Luke. He, he is actually going to be my inaugural world heavyweight champion as well. And that is Chris Jericho. And I'm going to use him as a heel. But you should. And Chris Jericho, to me, is one of those multi-tools. And not only a multi-tool, but a main event multi-tool. Chris Jericho can feel can f- fulfill any position I want him to on my roster. And as my first champion, as my first champion, he is going to win a tournament. He'll probably win it in shady fashion, but he is going to be my first champion as a heel, Chris Jericho. Which Chris Jericho almost made my list. Like he, oh, he was almost on there on the list. And I can't say why he wasn't. He just, he just got eked out. You know what I mean? Right. And it. He is, uh, you know, you say eked out. Although he's one of my favorite wrestlers, a guy that you mentioned on your roster, Kurt Henning, just got eked out on mine. I just, I I did not. Chris Jericho was in that position for me. He's my first top 
heel champion. He, he he's a multi tool. You can use him wherever you need to yes. use him. Um, and he's gonna give you a great promo, and he's gonna want you. You know, when he wins that inaugural tournament to win the championship, the first thing that you as a fan are gonna want to see is for him to lose his title, because yeah. you know he's gonna be the guy that does business. And makes it so you want him to lose the title. Yeah. So, unless you have anything else on Mr. Jericho. I do not. My second pick kind of sort of fits the pick that uh, kind of sort of fits the position that you put Cena in on your roster. He's my spokesman. He's my face, my public face of the company. He may, okay. or, he may or may not get a title run against Jericho, um, but he is The Rock. I you think about The Rock? I mean, you talk about to get your brand on the map. You know what I mean? That guy yeah. in his prime is a, a sports entertainer to the next level. And a guy that you can, and I, and I will, I will, I will secede actually to 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 Cena in this respect. But he was the guy that I was going to have as you know the Make a Wish guy, the yeah. Holly, the Hollywood guy, the guy that took my brand and made it on ESPN, I guess. Yeah. Um. My next pick, and I'm using him as a face, and we talked about this a little bit more um, during Aaron's picks, and he might be the guy that inaugurally feuds with Jericho over my world championship, is Bret Hart. And the reason I said during Aaron's talk about Bret and his, his roster is Brett was going to be a guy that I was going to use as a face initially and then gradually turn him heel, kind of like the WWE did. Like, that was what made Brett a great heel, was that he was a great face first. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was just... And I always honestly used him as a face, but, like, when I was... It was a lot easier for me to pick heels, by the way. Yeah. It was a lot easier to pick 10 heels than it was to pick 10 baby faces. But I was going to let Brett... Oh, you, you know what I mean. Like, what you're saying is you let him stew and maybe not always get the championship shots and then he's like, ah, fuck this, and he's mad. I didn't think about that. I just, when I was building heels, I thought about, oh... These guys are my favorite heels ever, and Brett was certainly on the list, so that's why I put him on there, not thinking about, like, well, why did he turn heel? Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm going with Brett. That's why he is third on my list of picks as a singles, the singles roster. Number four for me is Aaron's number one. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Randy, in my promotion, would definitely be uh, a kind of a tweener. 
Like, you know, he'd go wherever I needed him to go at the time. And he never really, honestly, I, and I know it sounds silly, it sounds like hot-shotting booking, but Randy, to me, would never have a clearly defined status, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you'd always like, wonder You'd always wonder what Randy's going to do. Yeah, and the reason he was the top face in my company was because we were just looking at this guy in his prime, and I don't think he was ever more in his prime than when he was with Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely not. The, the, the WrestleMania 4 to WrestleMania 5 title reign of Randy Savage is most definitely his prime, which of the majority he was a babyface. And is there any male-woman combo that... Unless they were together all of the time. Because both of them were over separately. Yeah. But is there a female-male... How do you want to say? Combo? That's any bigger than fucking Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth? Absolutely not. And it's funny... Because they weren't, they weren't bigger, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to try to draw a huge equivalency between those. But the only, and I'm just using this as an example, the only male female combination that I would say was more over was not more over, but as over, as over, equally as over with me. And again, because it was, it was so much shorter. It's not. You know, Randy and Liz are it. Yeah. Eddie and China. Mamacita. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, was, yeah. it was in a different era where things happened quicker. Like, stories uh, began and end quicker. That but, shit where they went to the prom? It's oh, fun. fuck. It's great. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you know, you're right about, uh, about Savage and Liz. Um... But I would use Savage as a tweener, to be honest. Now, my fifth pick was not on your list, and I'm going to use him as a heel. And I think he would fill the... the, uh, He would fill the, the, I'm not the top heel. But I am the heel that might win the title from time to time, because I have a crazy cult. And that's Bray Wyatt. I think that I think that he fills a role that uh, whether it's Bray a cult, whether, or the Bray Wyatt that debuted. The, no, my my favorite Bray Wyatt was which is like 2013 to 2015. <laughs> um, the again, he's not always your champion. He's not always in the top, but because he has that 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 faction around him. And he has a charisma, because I think he's he's wildly underused. I think that this, I think that this fiend character has been is is one of the best things they ever could have done, but they fucked it up uh, as usual. But anyway, he he's a guy that I think that in the modern era has a talent that has been squandered because of the booking. 
Um, if you would have if you would have dropped Bray Wyatt into like 1980s or 1990s wrestling, it would have been a completely different fucking story for that guy. Yeah, he has it. You know what I mean? He has it. L D hello. How do you say it? When somebody's the son of somebody in Mexico. Oh, I'm sorry. He is El Hijo de Shyster. <laughs> El Hijo del Shyster. De Shyster. De Shyster. Um. El de hello. <laughs> you de he fucked that up. You said El de hello. Hello. Dale. Hello. Dale. <clears throat> but do you have any other uh, thoughts on Mr. Quiet there? No. Say his name again. El hijo. The next guy I'm also using as a heel, because he was an amazing heel, and we're talking about wrestling couples here, so I'd probably have him paired up with his lady. That's Edge. Yeah. Um, Edge is a guy that you could use as a um, mid-level heel in this roster. Because, I mean, we're building a dream roster. So, you know, you've got a lot of um, main event talent. So some of these guys are are a main event talent that really aren't going to be allowed to be in the main events all the time. Yeah. To me, Edge is that guy. He's, He's like Bray. Where he's a guy that you can move into the main events. He's in the main events if somebody's hurt or if you need a rest period on a character or what have you. And then you can bring him back down. And he can be... I honestly, I honestly didn't think of Edge. Edge probably would have been somebody that if I would have thought about it longer, longer and harder. Edge is actually somebody that you could put your belt on. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you think of, I've got my, my faces so far, you know, I've got The Rock, I've got Brett, you know, they could have great feuds with Edge, or even Savage as a face, or a tweener. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of cheating, because I'm adding one, I'm adding a plus one to my roster here, but fuck it, it's my fucking podcast, I would always have him with Lita, as a heel. Because they were, yeah. we were talking about couples, you know, and, and you, you, Savage and Liz, um, uh, Eddie and China, Edge and Lita, you know. Yeah. So the next guy on my list, my seventh pick, and I'm using him as a heel as well. A lot of heels in my top ten. But anyway, the next guy I'm picking is going to be my monster. Um, he's going to be my monster, but he's also going to be my monster that goes. And he goes in the fucking ring, and I can plug him in. Big Van Vader? No, it's not Vader. It's not Vader. Uh, It's Bam Bam Bigelow. That's his brother. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) It's, It's Bam Van Bigelow. Um, no, it's Bam Bam, because I love Vader. I absolutely love Vader. You know that. But I think, I think as a wrestler, bell to bell, 
Vader or Bam Bam is a better wrestler than Vader. I actually think I th- oh, actually uh, yeah, and I actually think that Bam Bam, I, I he's one of those guys where you know how we were talking earlier about how Rude was better in WCW than than WWF. I think yeah. Vader Bam Bam would have been that guy too. Like I think Bam Bam could have. Because of Vince's mindset about wrestling and, and where faces and heels were and monsters and blah, 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 I think that Bam Bam could have benefited from being in WCW, especially in the early to mid-90s. Like, I think he would have been a bigger deal than he was. Yeah. Um, he was so good. And if you haven't, wrestling fans, if younger wrestling fans that listen to this show, and I know there's some of you, I've talked to you, I've chatted with you, if you, if you haven't watched a Bam Bam Bigelow Bret Hart match, watch it. Watch it because that's how a a small and Bret's Bret wasn't by any means a small man, but a smaller man and a bigger man wrestling match should take place. I agree, and that's what I would use Bam Bam as. Is my he's going to be my big guy. That goes in there against the smaller guys, has great matches. Um, You'd be your heart bean bag chair. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on Bam Bam? Nope. All right, so Shawn Michaels is my next pick, number eight. And Shawn Michaels is much like Brett in that I am going to use Shawn. Kind of reverse, you know. With Brett, I'm using him as a face first, and as we go through the promotion, as we as we go through the years, he's going to mold into a a, a heel. With Sean, and that's why I said earlier when we were discussing your roster, 92 to 95, is with Sean. I'm starting him out as as you said, the pudgy, furry, <laughs> cocky heel, and I'm going to evolve Sean into a a baby face. Yeah. Um, so, unless there's anything else on that, because we already kind of discussed it. Number nine on my list, number nine draft, Aaron, we're not going to have any really thing, thing to discuss because we, we talked about it uh, during yours, is uh, I'm picking Dusty. And the reason I picked Dusty Rhodes is because he's Because he's fucking awesome. Yes. He's my favorite promo of all time. And that's all that needs to be said because people can talk about a match bell to bell all you want, and that's where that's where I have a problem with AEW's show so far. I don't hate on AEW. I don't throw shade on AEW. As a matter of fact, I don't even really talk about them. In in that I'm willing to give them a chance. It's been four fucking weeks. Yeah, I'm guy. I am not. I am a more, I am a bigger fan of the NXT product than the AEW product right now. And but 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 the reason I was saying this is because Dusty. Uh, that's my biggest problem with AEW right now is if I'm wa- I, I'm a wrestling fan that watches all wrestling, so I go I went into their show knowing the backstory of a Christopher Daniels. Or knowing the backstory of an Orange Cassidy or what the fuck ever, Kenny Omega. But if you watch their show, if you if you go back and you think of yourself as, I am not a fan that has been watching these people in other promotions, etc., etc. 
If I watch from show one to now, I don't know anything about a lot of these guys. Promos. Yeah. Here's Kenny Omega. He's the greatest fucking wrestler in the world. Why? The fuck? Because he hasn't shown me anything on that show that proves he's the greatest wrestler in the world. Because it's, 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 I mean, his matches are kind of garbage. Um, I shut somebody down about AEW. I think I shut them down anyway because they didn't reply back. I put it this way. This guy talks some smack about AEW and I said, do you like Raw? Okay. And he said, yes, I like Raw, whatever. And I told him, well, go back and watch the first three months of Monday Night Raw. Okay? Mm-hmm. Still there? Yeah. And you watched the first three months of Monday Night Raw? Nobody had any fucking idea what they were doing. Right. And that's what it, I said. I, some of it was really good, but a lot of it was really terrible. You had to sit through really terrible to get there really good. Yeah, I mean, you have to find yourself. And that's why, like I said, that's why I'm not... I'm and that's not, why I took that fat kid. That's and he what, went about his business. And that's why I'm not trying to throw a bunch of shade on them at first. You know, like, I'm not... I'm not talking... If I'm talking on the internet about AEW, I'm really, really trying not to talk about negative or positive. I'm not trying to... Because I want to see how it pans out. Now, come January, I may have more to say. I want to see how it fills out. But right now, I'm a bigger fan of NXT and I'm a bigger fan of, of NWA. You know, like I, I, yeah, my, I, I get it. I, but yes, that and, and back to you know, we kind of went off the track here. But that's why I'm saying, Dusty, you need somebody that can cut a great promo and. Like we were talking about earlier, you need somebody that can get into another role too. Eventually, like I, I could put Dusty in my commentary booth, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, Dusty Rhodes is a definite now. Number ten, numero diez on my roster. I need a guy that is a great hand, that has great psychology that plays a role on either the face or the heel side because I'm I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make some decisions here with my roster as time flows on but, but so my number 10 draft pick is Randy Orton I know Randy Orton gets a lot of criticism because people like to say that he's boring and I don't find Randy Orton boring I find Randy Orton and and Aaron, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. I find Randy Orton to be in the same classification as a Fit Finley. Where he's just good. Yes. Like, like he may not be in any day, on any day, in any time, the most exciting, captivating performer in your roster, but if you're going to put him in the ring, if you're going to put him out there in front of the people... Psychology-wise, knowing what to do in that ring, knowing what to do before the match, after the match, his facials, his everything. Like, he's going to be a utility player that you can't live without. Yeah. 
I, I don't. I hate when people fucking hate on Randy Orton. And and there's times in his career as I watch it where I'm not. I, I I'm not Orton's biggest fan. But I would never say that that wrestling would be better without Randy Orton. Yeah, I agree. An amazing performer. So the next one on my list, unless you have anything else on Mr. Orton? Nope. Number 11 on my list is Ric Flair. And I'm using him as a heel. And... In my roster, Flair is... Flair's kind of in and out. Like, I can't live without him. You know what I mean? Like, I can't not have a wrestling roster without... I know he was your number one heel, and I get that. I totally get that. That dude's fucking amazing. He's He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But on my roster... I can't live without him, but he's probably not in my mix, my main event top mix all the time. Like, he's the guy I bring back for Mean Gene to say, here in Greensboro, it's Ric Flair. So, number number 12 on my list, and this guy, and I didn't tell this from the beginning, I actually have four champions. Aaron had three. I have yeah. four. I have a world champion. I have an intercontinental champion. I have a world television champion. And I have tag champions. Jesus. So this guy is my first intercontinental champion. Okay. And he's Owen Hart. I'm not going to say like disparaging about Owen Hart. And you were talking about stables earlier, like an initial stable. Um, yeah. I would use, and I don't know, again, this is just our first 30 picks, so we might have other guys that come along, you know what I'm saying. But first world champion, first intercontinental champion, Jericho and, and Owen would definitely be a pair-up for me as, as a heel-dominant faction. And they would have those two top titles... And I mean, Owen Hart, shit. You want some entertaining wrestling television, you got Owen Hart. Yeah. The next guy, unless you have anything else on Owen. No. The next guy on my roster, and I'm using him as a face initially. And he may even be a top contender, or the top contender for Owen's Intercontinental Championship, is uh, Kurt Angle. He'd fuck anybody up on anybody's roster. And you're going to have a great match, and you're going to have a great promo. And uh, Kurt Angle, you know, a lot of a lot of wrestling fucking experts, people that have been in the business for 40 years, will tell you that Kurt Angle, of the 90s pro wrestlers, was the guy you want on your roster. And I'm probably not initially going to use Angle as one of my top guys but I'm definitely going to use Angle as like I said I got a feud with Owen for the Intercontinental title and obviously move up the ranks so I guess I'll say even though even though okay let's say this I'm going to use like a 2001 to 2004 Kurt Angle you could use in any era Kurt Angle and he's going to fuck somebody up that's true 
Like, Kurt Angle could fuck anybody up right now. And he has goddamn fucking and make, and make you smile paper while he's clip doing legs. It. And he could fuck people up. And make you smile while you're doing it because he's also an entertainer. Yeah. He'd tell you a funny knock-knock joke. Angle's kind of the first guy that, you know, when you really think about it, he's the first guy that kind of came up at the end of the ad, or at the end of the territory w and the end of the 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 more than w w e wrestling scene yeah but into the only w w e wrestling scene so he got kind of the 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 lessons of both i guess yeah and just an amazing performer loves some kurt angle so the next guy for me, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a heel. He's gonna be a utility player. He's gonna be okay. a guy that can be in a in a semi main or main event feud, but also move down the card, lose to some new guys. Is it Ronnie Garvin? No, uh, he wouldn't be on my B team. Um, but this guy is Bad News Brown. All right. All you beer belly sharecroppers. Yeah, you fat <laughs> beer belly sharecroppers. And he smacks the shit out of Jack Tunney because Miss Elizabeth was given <coughs> giving Tunney Jack favors. <laughs> giving him the old Bill Clinton. I don't know. Bad Good news. Sh- I gotta have bad news Brown on my roster. Like I said, he's gotta put up he's gotta put over the up and coming baby faces and and he's good enough. He's he's damn good enough to get you know like a Randy Savage or a Bret Hart or or a Dusty Rhodes to get in a feud with one of those guys, and he's still a player. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy was fucking great. Yep. So the next guy on my list, number fifteen, and this is the guy that this is my Tito Santana. A different wrestling style. Kind of the guy that we were talking about, the kind of guy you want on your roster like a Tito Santana. A good hand, positive attitude, can work with anybody, have a good match, and my guy's Kane. Alright, I wouldn't put Kane on my roster, but that's cool. And I know my Tito's a little bigger (laughs) and thicker and... Maybe he's a little, little bigger. A little more he's cumbersome little than your Tito. He's a little more white. But the <laughs> the the gist of it is he's a great guy, an all around worker. He's not gonna play politics. He's just gonna go out there and do what you need him to do and do it well. And that's Glenn Jacobs. Alright, am I gonna dispute it? My next pick. And he's going to be my first world television champion because I need my world television champion to be to be able to go out there and have a great match with anybody. And he's going to be a sympathetic, ba- a sympathetic, a sympathetic babyface. And Aaron had him on his roster as well, and that is Ray Mysterio. So we would, right. we won't have a lot more to talk about him because we discussed him earlier. Next on my he's, list... He's your synthetic baby face. Yes. Next on my list is going to be a a mid-tier. He probably won't ever be in the main events. 
honestly. But he is going to be my mid-tier shit heel. I want you to guess, Aaron. Just one guess. Who's my mid-tier shit heel? Uh, Ted DiBiase. No. Don Morocco. I like Don Morocco. So going down. <laughs> He's probably going to get a run as my Intercontinental Champion. He's probably never going to be the World Champion. He may even be in that Jericho Owen faction. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mr. Fuji with him. Oh, so. Fuji Vice. But yeah, Don Morocco, man. God damn. What a fucking performer. Love him. Watch his, like, pre-WrestleMania heel promos and shit. Oh, damn. Like when he was feuded with Backlund and Snuka? Yeah, it's good shit. It is. He's even... I mean... I prefer Don Morocco as a, as a as a face or as a heel. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, as a face or face, he sucked. One of my but favorite. Heel. One of my favorite heel turns though in wrestling is his turn on Wahoo McDaniel in Mid Atlantic. Well, God damn, it's good. <laughs> but anyway, I got Don Morocco. Next on my list is a guy that is probably going to be in a face. How many for... more you got in your list? What's that? How many more you got in your list? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, and then my tag teams. Okay. I hope you're liking my roster so far. I do. The next guy on my list is probably going to have some face versus face world television title matches with uh, Jushin or with uh, Rey Mysterio. He's Jushin Liger. Um. Jushin Liger can have those great matches, and he can also take a fall and not 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 get hurt a lot, like character wise. Yeah. <clears throat> the other guy on my oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'll I'll take some Jushin Liger. The next guy on my list is, uh, we talked about him at length during Aaron's discussion, and I even kind of talked about where he would fit on my on my list, because I prefer him as a face, is Dustin Rhodes. The 20th guy on my singles list, this guy is going to be a utility player, man, and he is going to be, again, you know, we have our initial roster here, so we're going to bring other people in, and et cetera, et cetera, but he's going to be a guy that my new guys can learn from. My veterans can can beat in the ring, but he's not going to lose a lot. He's going to be definitely a mid-tier player, but he's always going to be around because he's fucking important. And I need Jamie Noble on my roster. All right. Jamie Noble, baby! Sorry. I'm going to disagree, but that was a weird one. It's not. You need that. Was, the, that was my Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, all right. And that's what I was going to say. And it's great that you brought that up because I completely fucking forgot. Earlier I said I have an Eddie Gilbert on my roster too. And it's Jamie Noble. That's my Eddie Gilbert. Um, and uh, Shalom. What's that? It said Shalom. 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 My tag teams. 
So my champion is Chris Jericho. My Intercontinental Champion is Owen Hart. My TV champion is Rey Mysterio. My tag team champions are going to win a tournament. And they're going to beat my top heel tag team in the tournament final, but probably trade the title to back and forth. My babyface tag team, my initial tag team champions are the Rock and Roll Express. And Aaron also had them on his list. You can't have a tag team roster without Ricky and Robert, quite frankly. If you do, you don't like pro wrestling. My top heel tag team is Demolition. Another, uh, another heel, and they're going to be feuding with the Rock and Roll Express initially for the tag titles. Another heel tag team I'm bringing in, and you had one of them on your actually list, is um, Doom. I'm using Doom as a tag team initially. Okay. Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. And quite frankly, that badass entrance music. Bam, ba dam, bam, bam. Bam, 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 And that gets me Teddy Long as well. Um, another babyface tag team, and Aaron also had them on his list the British Bulldogs. I am going to be using them as faces. Actually, I, know I turned them. I know you turned them, but I'm going to use them as faces to feud with Doom, Demolition. Maybe have some face versus face matches with the Rock and Rolls. But the British Bulldogs definitely on the list. And my my last tag team, and we mentioned them kind of during the the uh, during Aaron's roster, is I'm initially bringing them in as a tag team, and that's Eddie and Chavo Los Guerreros, and they're going to be tweeners. In this tag team division. I love those yeah. guys together. Yeah. The Los Guerreros said. To that old lady. <laughs> you got a, you got a leak in your pool. You wouldn't want it to get. Filled up with water now would you? <laughs> That's all you need to know about Los Guerreros. So Aaron, That's my I... favorite thing they did. Oh, you wouldn't want your pool to get filled up with water now, would you? And she was like, oh, no. (laughs) And eventually, again, eventually, Dream World Fantasy Booking, I'm breaking Eddie and Chavo up, and they're going to go into that singles singles roster, and, you know, Chavo's going to be a heel, and he's going to feud with Brett, and et cetera, et cetera, but whatever. This is our initial picks, and I think that both of our rosters were pretty fantastic and would have made for some great wrestling promotions. Yep. They both get five Jeff Farmer yeps. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. And Aaron, do you have anything else to say for this week's show? We're going to wrap it up. Yep. You answered both questions terrible or great however you look at them professional wrestling rosters and quite frankly I feel like it suck my ass I'd like your feedback Aaron says suck his ass (laughs) (laughs) but but I'd like your feedback (laughs) on what you think about this week's show Check us out on our Facebook group, of course, the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Facebook group. You can join anytime. Just request to join. And I will. On Instagram. I will approve you unless Suck you're a racist. 
unless you're a racist fuck, I will approve you to join our group. Whoa, who is racist? Did somebody go racist? Well, I vet people that request to join the group. I know, but did somebody that tried to, like, join the group, was he, like, a racist? Yes. Who? I don't know his name. I didn't accept him. Call his shit out. Billy Bob Cornhole. I don't know his fucking name. <laughs> I just don't like racist. Whoever the fuck I is being <laughs> racist? It. I don't want racist fucks in my Facebook group and on our yeah, podcast. Jesus Christ. Who's being racist? <laughs> if you're racist. If you're, being ra- if you're racist, if you're, racist, if you're racist, racist, go fuck yourself. If not, you can join our yeah. Facebook group. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck yourself with a g- goddamn potato or something. <laughs> Don't be racist. Dear Lord. This shit went south quick. <laughs> you were just like, hey, be our friend unless you're a fucking racist. And I was like, goddamn oh. right. <laughs> I know, but it went Ain't south got quick. Time for I didn't... that shit. <laughs> I know, but I didn't think, like, there was even anybody that was, like, remotely racist that would be on any kind of, like. Oh, man, racists have Facebook, brother. (laughs) And they listen to podcasts. (laughs) If you're racist and you're listening to this, fuck off. Don't listen. Yeah, if you're a racist person. We don't want you here. If you're racist. Drown yourself in the river. <laughs> Mammy. This is great because it's a great end to the show. Like it drug on. I like endings that drag on. I don't like racists. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> that's why. That's why I told them if they're listening to go fuck themselves. I can think of like 847 things I don't like about somebody before I think about like the color of their skin. That's the least of my worries. (laughs) Or or like I can think of like 647 things before I think about the religion that they fucking serve. Jesus Christ, man. But yes, I will say, just for posterity, one more time, there was someone that that tried to join our group, and when I vetted them, um, seemed kind of racist. Was it David Duke? No, it wasn't wasn't David Duke. I'm going to start playing Tootsie now, I think. Wait a minute, I said it. Yep, you I'm playing Tootsie. You want to hear Tootsie? All right. You want to hear Tootsie? Chorus, you understand? In the third chorus, I whistle. Now give it to him hard and heavy. Go right ahead. Aaron. Say goodbye to our non-racist audience. Have a pleasant day. And if you were a sneaky racist that got in here, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Speed racist. Speed racist. Go go speed racist. (laughs)
Signing off, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. I'm Nate signing off for Aaron. Aaron, don't say anything because we're signing off. We'll see you next week on the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, any podcast app you listen to, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Goodbye, Tootsie. Ha! Goodbye, Tootsie. Don't cry. That's hot. That's hot. Get hot. Away from you. You don't know just how sad it makes me. You kiss me pretty and then, hey, hey. Hey! Hey! Watch for the mail. I'll never fail. You don't get a letter and you know I'm in jail. You don't get a letter. Don't cry, Tootsie. Don't cry. If you don't get a letter, I'm in jail.